The NFL draft has concluded, and the Cincinnati Bengals have added some help in the secondary and added some sneaky athleticism. In today's episode, I'm going to break down rounds two, three, and four of the Bengals draft and how those picks correspond with the current depth chart. Stay tuned. Podcast. My name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And you can find this Sports Ethos page at at Ethos Bengals. Like I said, I am part of the Sports Ethos Network, which is rapidly growing. And we are always looking for someone to come uh, cover a team. You know, I've already had talks with the hosts of the Seattle Seahawks Ethos uh, team to have a little crossover episode and I'd love to be able to do that with other other teams as well on the schedule which I'm excited to talk about in, uh, in the schedule release episode I plan on doing you know I, I try getting a few buddies that I play rugby with there's a bunch of AFC North fans surprisingly here in Madison Wisconsin I try to get them to cover on because it'd be sweet to have a little like round table discussion each week or even, even, you know, just throughout the season. But anyways, yeah, come cover a team. It's a, it's a fun little thing to do, and I always love talking football with people. But you're here to listen to me talk about football, so that's what I'm going to do. So let's start with the second round, which was pretty exciting. Uh, Selville Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, that uh, he was invited to the first round, and... Uh, he's one of those guys who will be famously remembered as having to sit there and not getting drafted the entire night. But whatever, he had a good time. He uh, he went to Tennessee, which is kind of a, a crowded cornerback room these days. There's rumors of both Tannehill and Malik Willis going elsewhere, if, especially if Levis shows out during training camp. Uh, rumors, not necessarily rumors, but someone spitballed that maybe Tannehill goes to Atlanta and reunites with Arthur Smith if uh, Desmond Ritter doesn't perform well, which that could be kind of fun. It'd be another high-rushing offense for Tannehill to engineer. And Malik Willis, he's probably just a bust. He he was so raw coming out of Liberty and Auburn. He just uh, he needed to fall in the exact right spot, and he did, actually, in that rush first offense. But just doesn't really seem to have the tools right now. Uh, another big move was also made that kind of perplexed me a little bit was that the Bengals didn't try to make a move was for DeAndre Swift. It, all the Eagles had to pay was a seventh round swap and a future, I think, 25 fourth round pick. Like the Bengals could have easily added some much needed juice in the running back room. And instead he goes to Philadelphia, who remains atop the NFC as the the powerhouse team, aka UGA North, you know, we're, we're kind of like LSU North, 
Philadelphia is establishing themselves as the Bulldogs up there almost with that defense and now Swift on offense. But that's also kind of fun, so I enjoy that. Another storyline that kind of got Bengals fans into a frenzied was uh, all the tight ends that they, I guess, not necessarily passed on, but they didn't make a move for. Like Sam Laporta, who went a lot higher than originally thought. I mean, I covered those tight ends in one of my initial episodes, and I thought he was going to be like a third or fourth round pick. He goes pick 34. That's almost that's essentially a late first. Uh, Michael Mayer, the Cincinnati kid who the Bengals passed on, he uh, he went the very next pick at 35 to Vegas, which is kind of kind of interesting to me as well because they just signed both Austin Hooper and Irv, not Irv. Uh, the other Alabama tight end, O.J. Howard, who I guess, when I say it out loud, doesn't sound like much competition, but, you know, Michael Mayer supposedly is the most ready prospect, and now he's got to go in there with a bunch of competition. I could have understood it if it was someone who's going to have to sit for a year or two, but whatever. Uh, then Luke Musgrave, who be, people liked, I didn't really think he was a fit for this offense because he is more of a vertical stretch, the seams, big play guy. Not what the tight end does in the Bengals offense. And then he went to pick 42 to Green Bay, who actually double-dipped. They took uh, Kraft from South Dakota State as well, who's kind of more of a project, I'd say. But that'll be a fun battle to monitor, especially up here living in Madison. You know, the Packer fans always got something to complain about. <laughs> uh, two picks before the Bengals, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, he went to the Cowboys, who I didn't really like. I guess he was more athletic than I had initially thought, but he never really put up much numbers at Michigan, and he goes to Dallas that has a couple other tight ends that are young, and a Badger, Jake Ferguson, and then Peyton Hendershot, who they both played decently well when Schultz was kind of not available. And then the pick... The tight end that went right after the Bengals pick at 60, who we're going to talk about in just a second, Brenton Strange went to Jacksonville, which is kind of also a an interesting pick because they have Evan Ingram on the franchise tag. Maybe they don't resign him. Maybe if Strange performs well, they let Ingram uh, walk. All right, let's get into the Bengals draft class. Rounds two through four. Uh, round two, they went with a cornerback. They go DJ Turner from uh, aforementioned Michigan. He is a outside cornerback, says Lou Anarumo. He's a little smaller, 5'11", 178, kind of slight. Uh, one of the things that I'll talk about that he needs to work on is his strength and his frame. Maybe add, you know, nice 10 pounds wouldn't hurt. Yeah, he was a three-star prospect going into Michigan, but a four-year letterman, so he immediately saw playing time. That seems to be one of the, one of the um, one of the things the Bengals were really looking for this draft was players that have been on the field a lot and have produced throughout their college career. Uh, let's go through his combine stats real fast. Uh, Thirty-eight and a half inch vertical is awesome. That was. 80th percentile, which is kind of surprising. I thought it would be more than that. Uh, 10 foot, 11 inch broad jump, which is 96th percentile. That's 
huge explosion. It's great for uh, coming out and defending the fast, twitchy receivers, which he'll probably be matched up on, especially early in his career. But uh, speaking of fast, 4.26.40, that was the fastest recorded at the Combine this year. So uh, just another way of the Bengals adding speed to that secondary, because I say it every time I talk about it, they got burnt by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and that's one of the reasons why they lost that game. Anyways, <clears throat> speaking of drafting cornerbacks, uh, the past two years, Cincinnati has drafted four defensive backs in the first three rounds. That's Dax Hill, Cam Taylor-Britt, who both saw big playing time their rookie years, and now uh, DJ Turner, and uh, the next pick that I'll talk about, uh, Jordan Battle. So clearly Cincinnati is trying to build this secondary uh, with youth and speed, you know, just losing Von Bell and Jesse Bates, it kind of makes sense trying to trying to see who's going to be the next two to really step up and try to lead this team. And with the NFL going with more passing sets, it makes sense to get more speed on the field. You know, the linebacker, we talk about not a premium position anymore as well, and people aren't getting paid as much as they used to at that position just because they're not on the field as much because they don't they can't cover the fast receivers or the uh the really athletic tight ends that have been coming into the league a couple of negatives uh, i've already kind of talked about he's kind of small he's not short but he's just kind of slight of frame he kind of has you know has short arms he's not really able to uh succeed with the hard press which, which is where you're right up in their face and you're not letting them uh get by because you can kind of jam them but especially with receivers being kind of taller in the league as well, they can use their arm length to push him off. Uh, but he's he's good at the soft press, meaning he can be up there, but he's not going to try to jam them. He's just going to try to mirror their movement, uh, which helps because he's uh, he's very twitchy and fast uh, side to side. Uh, also, with the soft press, allows one of his greatest strengths, uh, which is his recovery speed, to come into play. You know, you think you got him burnt, quarterback sees that and he's going to make that pass maybe one second too early and the next thing you know boom dj right there ball bang boom baby uh <laughs> and that said he's also great at rerouting the receivers to the sideline knowing that there is an essentially another defender out there that he can use which is uh high high iq but you know when you're immediately on the field at michigan you know and i hate michigan i'm a ohio state guy uh it's it's so impressive, but you know he also just tackling in the open field could use a little work, but that's fine. He's young. It's something he's not going to be asked to do too much right away. And then uh, a couple little tidbits about old DJ. His real name is Juan Drago, which is awesome. I guess that's his father's name as well. Uh, you got to keep that name in the family. And he is actually one month younger than his former teammate, Dax Hill, who is uh, supposed to be the uh, starting safety this season. We'll talk about which one I think that is uh, in just a few minutes. But it also kind of looks like Cincinnati's taking a lot of Michigan players. So he also uh, drafted the punter in the sixth, and I'll talk about my next episode. But... LSU on offense, Michigan on defense. 
Interesting. Now I kind of just want to take a look at the uh, cornerback depth chart, and I got a couple uh, little questions or asterisks I want to talk about. So right now, Cheeto, number one. However, he is injured, and his contract does expire after next season. So I don't know if Cincinnati's going to want to re-up with him. He's played very well. Uh, he was a very he was a steal when they got him a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I don't he wasn't a big name around the league coming from Dallas, but he's played so well as our number one cornerback. But I think he'll be 29 or 30 at that point. And with Cincinnati always reloading cornerbacks early on, I could see it happening where he's he's gone in a couple of years. Uh, number two, I have Cam Taylor Britt slotted right there. He played pretty well for a rookie. Uh, big snaps in the playoffs. Mike Hilton, he's going to man the slot. However, he's getting a little old. His ex his contract expires in 2025, which is still a few years away. But, you know, with I, I keep saying they keep drafting these guys. Like, maybe Cam Taylor, Brett, DJ Turner, man, the... Uh, the top two, and then there's a, a seventh-round rookie I'll talk about in my next episode as well. Maybe he can slide in the slot, but we'll wait for that. I got DJ at number four right now. However, I think an interesting battle is going to be the four and the five spot for cornerback between uh, him and newly signed Sidney Jones from Seattle. Uh, maybe one of them gets more so regulated to uh, special teams play this season. But then you also have Jalen Davis, I think, at the sixth corner who's a, kind of a special teams ace, and then uh, DJ Ivy, who they took the seventh round this year. So I don't think they keep that many cornerbacks. I don't know whose contract they can get out. Probably should look that up. But it'll be a fun, fun little camp battle. Uh, that said, I think that means Eli Apple's writing is on the wall, which he's a very divisive player in the Bengals, Bengals uh, community. I can't stand him. Uh, Trey Flowers is also gone. He was always on the field when they had to, when they covered a big athletic tight end. So he will be missed as well. And then I, I just want to say they keep adding speed and athleticism to this group, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Next, in round three, the Bengals kind of took a surprising pick, I think, and a, a lot of people think, actually, was the safety from Alabama, Jordan Battle. He's uh, 6'1", 210. He, like DJ was a four-year player at Alabama with over 3,000 snaps, which is awesome. He, you can, you know you, what you're getting in that player. Uh, Two-time first All-ACC. And uh, with an 85.2 coverage grade, which means I don't think he'll... Uh, he definitely will not be manning center field. Uh, we'll talk about how I think that'll pan out. But he is definitely more so in the Von Bell shape as a, uh, a thumper, run-stopping. If you get him coming downhill, watch the H out because he wants to hit you hard. He did play free safety 64% of the time at Bama, but I think with the NFL being a little more athletic and quick, I don't think he'll, uh, he'll be asked to cover down the field. And he's, uh, he's too big to cover slot receivers. However, I do think... He could be the replacement to Trey Flowers and maybe ask to cover the bigger t athletic tight ends. Uh, so he could find himself with some playing time doing that. Decently fast, uh, 4 5 five, forty. 
which was 81st percentile, not too crazy, but not slow. However, uh, great get up, 1.5510 yard split, which was a 91st percentile, meaning he doesn't really have the long speed, but in short bursts, he's he's quick. Uh, side to side, not so much, and his broad jump didn't do so well, so he didn't really get a great athletic score, which kind of goes against what the Bengals were doing the past couple of years, but, uh, you know, with the IQ that they get from him, uh, I've read that he was a very verbal leader on that Alabama defense, and he, he, like, reads the plays before they even happen. He's great at adjusting on the fly. Uh, and, you know, he's just someone that I do essentially think will eventually replace Von Bell because Von was that guy on the defense always talking, always calling things out. Uh, maybe, you know, he'll be a great locker room guy as well. And Darren Simmons, the special teams coach, talked him up a lot. Uh, so maybe Jordan Battle just becomes a special teams ace year one as he battles out for uh, a safety spot. So in essence, I say the Bengals and this player get a, a third safety that can come in, cover the tight end, kind of be a small ball linebacker in the mold of Sean Williams from Iowa. He had a decently, surprisingly long NFL career, especially with the Bengals. Uh, he that was basically his his role was just small linebacker or cover tight end, and you know I I like that, especially whenever you can add more speed on the field I love it, and so let's and let's talk about the safety depth chart. Excuse me. So they went out and signed Nick Scott this season. They drafted Dax Hill in the first round last year. They also drafted Tyson Anderson last year, I believe in the fifth. Now this year they add Jordan Battle in the third. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think what they're going to do is the safety spots are a lot more athletic, I feel, than last year. Because Von Bell, I love the guy. He's not the most athletic guy. And even Bates, you know, he's, he's athletic. But Nick Scott, I think, is going to man the center field and uh, be the, the Jesse Bates of last year. And I think Dax Hill actually plays Von Bell's spot more so down towards the line. And he can kind of help jam the tight ends or uh, be a... He can actually kind of cover the slot receiver too, so maybe if they go more zone, he can help in that aspect of the short passing routes. But I think they have Scott and Hill out there, and then they have Jordan Battle coming off the bench or even sometimes having a third safety on the field. And like what I was just saying about the Sean Williams position. So we could be looking at Scott Hill, Jordan Battle on the field with Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt manning the linebacker spots. This is going to be a fun team. This is going to be a fun defense. I don't see a lot of teams being able to beat them over the top with how fast they have gotten. And I just love that. And so coming up, we're going to talk about the offensive side. Because in round four, they took Charlie Jones, receiver out of Purdue, who put up uh, really good stats as a senior year. Uh, over 1,300 receiving yards, and he had 12 touchdowns. He was kind of a journeyman throughout college. 
starting his uh, career at Buffalo. Then he went to Iowa. But I think everyone can agree that Iowa has maybe the worst offense ever in the history of college football. So he went to Purdue, which over the past couple of years has had a decent offense uh, with kind of a more quick-hitting game, which translates very well into the Bengals' offense. He was actually Daniel Jeremiah's favorite pick for the Bengals, and I hold Daniel Jeremiah in high regards. I think he's probably like the smartest football sportscaster there is. And I think he he got some absurd number of picks right this NFL draft. It was crazy. Um, but anyways, Charlie Jones. He excels in the quick developing pass plays, which are like uh, the end breakers, slants, crossing routes. Not necessarily great downfield, but he can make contested catches. But like I said, he excels in the quick passing. And I believe Joe Burrow is the number one quarterback in getting the ball out of his hands fast. So if you put two and two together, that should be a great match made in heaven. He uh, understands how to use his leverage and finds the soft spots in the coverage. So he's going to be able to create space. And, and doing that quickly is going to be huge. Because once he gets the ball in his hands, he can move. Uh, like that, in that said... He's expected to be Cincinnati's maybe opening day punt returner and kick returner because, like I said, he's kind of electric with that, the ball in his hands. He knows, just knows how to make people miss. I think he's always just kind of one step ahead. He, uh, he's 4-4-3-40, so he's got the long speed. He does track the ball well, and he doesn't shy away from contact. So I think he does, he does a lot of things really well. I, the only knock on him is his age, and he's 25. You know, with uh, COVID, you get that extra year of eligibility, and he, I think he had to sit out maybe a year or two, maybe a year every time he transferred. Not not sure on that, but yeah, he, older prospect, and he probably doesn't expect to see a lot of uh, starting playing time. I think he settles in as a fourth receiver, but like I said, in the return game and special teams, he'll be huge. However, I think next year he is Cincinnati's starting slot receiver. Tyler Boyd will have a huge contract hit, and his contract will expire. And I don't think they're going to bring him back with the current extensions looming for both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Burrow. Like, they're going to need to free up some, some money on the offensive side. I think that's another reason why they keep drafting all these defensive players they got to find some uh, some cheap con not necessarily cheap but these rookie contracts on the defensive side of the ball once you know like I said Cheeto's gone I, I was kind of surprised they they brought back Jermaine Pratt now uh, I hope they do the same with DJ Reader when he's ex available for extension but like Trey Hendrickson he might be on the block the couple uh, seasons when his is up because he's getting older a little injury prone anyways back to Charlie Next year, yeah, I see him doing a lot next season, and just having this year to learn the offense and get acclimated with Joey, it's going to be big. I'm excited about this pick. It was fun to actually see them take a, a receiver. They actually double-dipped. Um, you know, the people are complaining about not drafting a tight end, us only having Irv and Drew Sample on one-year contracts. I guess maybe next year they'll take another shot. I don't know. 
But, you know, we had Trenton Irwin as our, our receiver four. And don't get me wrong, I love Trenton. He's definitely more suited as a five or a six. He didn't make big plays, but he just doesn't really offer much afterwards or any explosiveness. He's just kind of like a, a little possession guy. But that said, with the depth chart, obviously Chase, Higgins, Boyd are the top three. Then I, I'm going to pencil in Charlie at four, Trenton at five, and then at six and seven gets a little interesting. Stanley Morgan, they resigned him. Special teams ace, great run blocker. And then they drafted uh, Andre Yoshivas, Yoshivas, one of the two, in the sixth round. Uh, I hope they, I mean, that's seven receivers right there. I don't know if they keep seven. Maybe Stanley takes the, finally gets cut. You know, he's been on the team for a while. But, you know, like I've already said, extensions are looming. I think Tyler Boyd's gone after this year, upcoming year, I should say. Uh, who's going to be the odd man out? I think it's going to be Stanley Morgan. And, you know, maybe they do move to more four-receiver base packages with the, the, the lack of tight end depth. Just trying to get as much speed and explosiveness on the field and get the ball out fast and hope that offensive line pans out. That seems to be uh, the strategy right now because I don't think we can rely on efficient mixing to run the ball for us. But it's going to be a fun offseason to see how, uh, how things turn out. So that's going to do it today, guys. Uh, in my next episode, I'll finish covering the, the draft picks the Bengals made. And then uh, we can kind of get into some of the you know little notes and news and look at rookie minicap coming up. I'm excited. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Again, my name is Josh Reeser. Find me at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. And find this page at Ethos Bengals on Twitter. Who day? <laughs>